Welcome to the Past Life Awakening Institute podcast. I'm Mark Beale, a past life regression therapist and trainer. Each episode shines a light on healers who practice spiritual regression therapies like hypnosis and hypnotherapy with regression to this life, past lives, between lives and spirit releasement therapy. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in any of these modalities, go to my pastlifeawakeninginstitute.com website for details. So thanks for watching and enjoy this episode. Welcome, Victoria. Good to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here today. Great. So I'll do an introduction so people can understand about you. So this is Victoria Amador. She's from Florida in West Palm Beach. She's a QHHT practitioner. She also does BQH, past life regression, soul regression, and between lives. I've known her as a graduate of my very advanced spirit releasement therapy training process through my past life awakening institute. So she just graduated. And so, uh, so you can find her at the, uh, so her main website is the soul healing tribe, soulhealingtribe.com. She's a graduate of Cornell university, and she's been a founder, CEO, and business owner, including in hospitality and in a, Dom a Dominican vegan restaurant. She was born in the Dominican Republic and she's been in the U.S. for 25 years. That's right, isn't it? Um, I'll take that. It's better okay. than the real number. <laughs> what, what, what is a bit long, a bit, a bit more? Okay, a long time. Okay, so she's fluent in Spanish and English. And with all that uh, business background, she offers coaching sessions for small business owners. She also has an Etsy store where she has uh, spirit guide posters, notebooks, journals, T-shirts. It's uh, Healing with Vic at Etsy. She's got a YouTube channel, which is I Am Witch Angel. I Am Witch Angel at YouTube, which goes into a lot of spiritual awakening and advanced spiritual regression topics. She's also a high priestess on the 21 Divisions, which is a Dominican spirit-orientated religion. And she's created the Awakening the Healer Within program, which is a one-year program for those looking to heal, fully awaken, and ascend. And so you can find that at awakeningthehealerwithintrainingprogram.com. So today we're going to hear about uh, Victoria's healing path and about the people that she works with. So welcome again, Victoria, a, uh, a lot of background, a lot of interesting things to touch on. Yeah, I, I think you did amazing with the intro, so I'm not sure where to start. Like you mentioned, I am a 21 Divisions High Priestess, uh, something that I, I wasn't ready for when I was younger. I, I used to see different disembodied energy beings, and it was very traumatizing. I went through a very challenging childhood because I didn't want to admit that I could see those things because I was afraid of being hospitalized. I was afraid of being called crazy. So, of course, I did my best to prevent anyone from knowing, and I was able to see people that were getting ready to transition before they transitioned. So it was very depressive. I think it's important for the healers to know it is okay for the healers to also receive healing. Because <laughs> I think sometimes we, we get into our head that, oh my God, I'm supposed to know it all. Anyways, so 21 Division is an ancestral magic, magical religious practice where similar to the ancient symbols, that the, the oracles of ancient times of Babylon and Rome and Greece, they will divine and they will heal by doing certain things, it is the same thing that we do in 21 Divisions in order to help people that are in ceremony or in a consultation. The 21 Division is a practice that incorporates all of our background from 
Africans, the Tainos that were in the island, and also the Catholics. And we work with any of those divisions to do different type of jobs, depending on what is needed for the person. In ceremonies, we are receiving a very powerful energy being that is coming through us to do the work. So we're just the vehicle. Through us, they do what they need to do to help others who are in consultation or ceremony. It's a, a lot of connection to uh, the ancestors, um, a lot of um, respect to nature and things of the afterlife and so on. So it really is a beautiful practice. And I just want to clear that up because I know a lot of people are going to be thinking, oh my God, what is going on with this person? <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I find it quite interesting in that within the world and the history of humanity, spirits are a big part of many cultures. Yeah. And so uh, the Dominican Republic is one of those in Africa. But this is something that occurs throughout you know, almost every religion or part of the world. There's a Gnostic part of a lot of religions, and a lot of that does then get into spirits. It's the same in Thailand, where I'm based. So there is a historical basis. You know, we are now bringing this into the modern world in which we take a therapeutic approach. Uh, but And then there's also the way people perceive it. So just before we, were, we started, we are talking about you know, the word uh, 21 divisions. Another word for that is voodoo. And then voodoo yeah. comes with all sorts of connotations. But you mentioned to me voodoo, it just means spirit, you know. And uh, right. and and I made the connection that uh, the in the work that therapeutic work I do, hypnosis, like voodoo, has a lot of connotations. Some of them are negative, but hypnosis got into trouble in terms of its perception through a lot of dumb movies in the 1960s that were mm -hmm. sort of sensational and kind of silly. And voodoo, you know, much the same. And so right. I think the way that people understand words, hypnosis isn't an occult thing where some weird guy in a beard, you know, says you're under my command. And voodoo isn't, you know, putting a hex on people and like, that's it. You know, all of these very reductionist uh, ways and the hypnosis to some degree has man managed to climb out of that. You either can change the name by calling something NLP or, you know, rebranding it. And, right. you know, and avoiding the word or just changing the way people understand it. So you did mention, and this is something as well that a lot of practitioners go through. You have in your young young life uh, an awareness of uh, certain abilities. And that's even part of the question. You know, if I teach, and, and a lot of people do QHHT or hypnotherapy or past life progression, what would make them then progress and, and learn spirit releasement therapy? And for a lot of people, they don't have to. They've got no calling to do it. Uh, it doesn't come up in their clients and it hasn't really come up, up in their life much. But for people like you, me, and probably a lot of people watching, there are little things. Oh, there were some things when I was younger and I maybe suppressed it. Or there are some things that have come up again more recently and I'm having to deal with. I didn't really want it. I didn't invite it. You know, I was quite happy living a conventional life and everything's going, well, why do I get drawn into this? What was it that led you to QHHT and SRT? When I was small, a child you know, five, six, seven, all the way up to, it, it never went away. I just pushed it to the side because of the fears of being different, of being potentially crazy. And eventually I moved to a house that was next to the cemetery. And I didn't know it was a cemetery. I thought it was a park. And when I moved to the house and everybody would think, oh my God, she's crazy. How, how did she not know it was a cemetery? It was so beautiful. It looked like a park. So I'm saying to my son, let's go 
who was tiny and I said, I'm going to go take him to the park. And when I get to the gate, it's a cemetery. And I started freaking out like, oh, no, 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 no. I cannot deal with this because whenever I used to go by the cemetery, I would see so many different beings. So anyways, that's when everything started coming back really, really strong to the point that it, I, I was cleaning the house often. Like we got to clean this house. We have goals here. <laughs> the lights were going on and off. The door was being left open and it was just... I was like, if I don't get a handle on this, I'm going to go crazy for real because it was too much. And I, and that was them trying to tell me, you got to get this done. Like you just put it to the side so long that it was time to start again, uh, going through everything that I was supposed to do in order to get to this point. I started some of those initiations um, and I started really paying attention to my dreams and going into deep meditation in order for me to get what I needed to get. So it was a lot of reflection and contemplation, meditation, and also learning from some of the elders and understanding why this was happening, why I was being mounted, why I was going through the experience of seeing different beings and communicating with them and receiving lessons from them. So, so what, age had, were you, what age were you when this was happening? 29, 30. Were you still in the Dominican Republic then? No, no, no. I was here. I was in, in Boston. Okay. Yeah. So you hadn't mm -hmm. been initiated as a high priestess in the I was in Dominican then? Republic. I went to Dominican Republic to do it. Okay. At what age? Uh, 30, 33, 34. Okay. Interesting. And, yeah. And it, it, honestly, it's been recent because if you think about it, in order for you to get to an age where you really understand what's going on in that realm, <laughs> right yeah. here it takes a lot of years so it's been 10 11 years for me and to me it's like a baby i'm still yeah. learning and even my elders tell me the same thing sometimes um they ask me things and i'm like they're still learning there is an exchange a mutual exchange so it's you know i'm, I'm still a baby sure <laughs> well well i mean one one observation is it's uh it's very nice for you to be born into to have elders and to be born into a tradition of the lineage. So you can think, what's happening? Am I going crazy? This is weird things that are happening to me. And for, for some people, there's no lineage, no tradition, nothing that really makes any sense right. to them. But for you to be, and so then I would say, uh, in terms of between lives regression, which you practice, like we know you would have chosen to incarnate into a particular body, into a particular culture, and to have some of those resources around you're right. Well, you know, when we were little, I used to go to some of these ceremonies for fun because they will play the drums and it becomes like a, a community thing to do. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. The feeling and everything is beautiful. But for me to be the one mounted, I was like, no, 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 no. This is for poor people. And I didn't want to be poor. <laughs> so I was like, I was, I pushed that a long time because of the, the, you know, they're, they're urging me to be a business person, to be successful and, and had this self-limiting beliefs that people that did that, they were normally, I mean, honestly, 99.9 .9 of them are very, of love means they're very poor. Yeah. And I didn't want that for myself. So it took me a lot of the things that pushed that away. It wasn't anything else, but my belief that if I did that, I was going to end up poor. And I fought very hard to get out of poverty. So it, to me, it was like taking a step back. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that kind of 
prejudice or that kind of association is pretty prevalent, you know, overall. So we can look at, you know, it's nice to come from a tradition of spirituality, but we can also think of that as implicitly, you know, backward, you know, elder, you know, we've evolved beyond that. Now we know science, so we don't, we can leave behind all those, those things. But uh, there's a lot of ancient wisdom that we leave behind at our peril. Uh, and and it is nice to be able to connect with, but it also it is also nice that we are living in a modern world and to be able to adapt to that. So, so how did that uh, eventually lead on to doing uh, therapeutic modalities, uh, and particularly QHHT? What age were you when you uh, qualified? Yeah, that? I started doing consultations and ceremonies first before I found QHHT. And QHHT, I just found it over a year ago. I had um two years ago I had a dream with um Dolores Canning I didn't know who she was so I googled her and you know I, I found her books and you know got immersed into it but the reason why I really went forward with it is because I was consulting for people that every month they wanted to do something else for the same thing that we had to work on because they went back to the same behaviors and I said to myself, something is wrong here. I, there is no way I'm going to be able to put up with these people because I'm going to have to call them off. I was getting upset with them because they didn't want to do the work to understand that they had to change in order for them not to make the same mistakes again. So every every month or so, the same person will come back with the same request. And I'm like, but what, what didn't you understand that you had to change in order for you not to have to request the same thing? So it got, it, it was very triggering for me because I'm like, if I make the same mistake, why wouldn't I go through the reflection to face the problem in their mind? It was just easier to go to a priest or priestess to face the problem for them. And that trigger led me down to reflecting what in me, what am I seeing in them that is triggering me? And then I went through the process of going through my my dreams journal and all of that stuff and saying you know what I think I need to change I don't think I can do this and do it successfully because I'm going to end up being very angry with these people for no helping themselves to realize that there is there are ways to change we cannot depend on magic and for a savior to come and save us we have to do it ourselves so that's how I found QHHT and I fell in love with it. I, I really did. I, I fell in love with it because when we are channeling information and as a channeler, in your mind, you go through this process of tapping into other dimensions and realms and, you know, and it's the same process. And I, I love the fact that, you know, in Dominican, in, for those that are in 21 divisions or Buru, there is this connotation that you have to be born as a caballo de misterio, meaning um, a channeler that can allow these entities to come through you in order for them to heal and help others. And I always believe that we all can do that. So I'm one of those, the black sheep of the 21 divisions, entire family that says, oh, no, 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 I think everybody can do it. So <laughs> I never fit in to the different 21 divisions grew because I will bring things up that were against what everybody believes. And I realize it's because I don't believe that only one person is supposed to come and do this. And I believe that we all can be our own healers. And that's how I found QHHT. Um, 
and I just really fell in love with the results that I was seeing in people. Okay, so you literally hadn't heard of Dolores Cannon, but you had a dream of her enough to even catch her name or something like I that? I did. I got her whole name. I'm like, who is this woman? Okay. <laughs> I thought it was me, another life. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. And so, and then what really resonated with you? So for those that don't know, uh, QHHT, quantum uh, healing hypnosis technique, and that is, uh, it's a pass, it's a one session in person, past life regression modality. Is that right? Right. Right. So it's all about getting to the point where we go into the past lives to get the messages about what is not working here now. And then we go into the process of calling the higher self, the subconscious, so that the higher self really is the healer and provides the answer and the healing that the person needs. It's a beautiful modality. And the power in it is so simple, but it's so powerful. And I've seen it with my own eyes. So eventually, though, when I started doing QHHT, the first week, the very first week, I found a client, she didn't know my background in any shamanic stuff at all. She didn't even know that I could call in energies or anything like that. And she goes into, into her session and we make it to a point where there is an angel that comes through and it was a beautiful feeling. Like I remember feeling that feeling of this angel and the angel tells her, well, tells me through her there is an entity that needs to be removed that was causing issues since age 18. And she told me her story. She was dealing with panic attacks since age 18. She was hospitalized twice. And she's been dealing with these panic attacks and depression since that age. She's 35 at that point. So for 17 years, she's been dealing with this. She, the client didn't know that I had any ways of helping her besides quantum healing. And the only reason why she did it is because her mother made her do it. <laughs> so she didn't even want to do the session. <laughs> and the angel says, there is an entity and you have to help her release. So I'm thinking immediately, ah, now I got to go into my shamanic stuff to help release this thing. And I had to do a combination of both. And the entity eventually was released. I mean, if I tell you the whole story, it sounds like a movie, but the entity gets released. Four months later, she sends me an email to tell me that she's off medication. She basically is happy and dating that she hasn't been dating for all these years. And I'm like, wait, so this really worked. <laughs> and in the second week, there was another gentleman that also had a spirit attachment and we dealt with it, you know, I continued the whole process, but I wasn't thinking it really worked until that woman reached out to tell me that it worked. That's when I really believe. I'm like, oh my God, there is something here. There is a way to do the release without having to go into a trans style shamanic practice to release these entities. Right. So can, that's can, how I can... found SRT. Right. So can I just jump in there? So it's kind of interesting that uh, you're doing QHHT. But have you released entities prior to that in the years prior? Yes, but not in QHHT. Sure. But how, so how, how often had you done entity release? in Every uh, time so we had a session. Every time we had sessions, they will, and that, I, I don't know. And if that, I have to give a number, I will say 80% of the time, there yeah. is often very hardcore entities. I'm not talking about little ones that just want to go. Those are easy. You can yeah. release those quickly. I'm talking about hardcore entities that, 
are so much part of the personality that they do not want to go and they have to forcibly yeah. be taken out. Okay. And so this is, uh, you would call that like a 21 divisions uh, a session or, or a ceremony? Shamanic session. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is that, is that 21 divisions still? Yeah. It's a combination of both. Okay. The shamanic so and the other stuff that I do that I can know. Okay. Well, actually, we go we'll, into. <laughs> actually, did yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to like, uh, like, be quite precise on that. So, the so the 21 divisions would that include spirit releasement? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, absolutely. And so, did you find any difference in the kind of entities that were coming up when you're doing shamanic work versus QHHT? Yes. The the difference is, and with the session of that specific first time client. Yeah. where we did a combination of both because he was no there there was no way this entity was going anywhere yeah so it was very a uh, very aggressive session in terms of what needed to be done to remove the entity but what i found fascinating is that the more that i analyzed the difference between the shamanic and the qhht sessions uh, srt sessions what i'm finding is a lot of the times the shamanic spirits that are attached those those spirits are not necessarily they're they're not ready to go anywhere they're not going anywhere unless the right shaman or medicine person healer is taking care of that spirit forcibly yep. when we think about what happens in srt we have a combination of some of those entities but most of those entities are easier to help them understand you you know you have to go Yep. So there is a difference. And we call it in in spiritismo, in spiritism. Yep. We, you know, we have people that are mediums, um in English, how do you call this? Recogedores. Mediums that will go around and they will pick up entities that need to be trans that need to go in transition, right? When we have people like that, these some of these spirits that are are in in the auric field or impregnated in the people's um, physical etheric body some of those spirits cannot be released because they got attached and now they don't know how to release but they are ready to move on they're regretful spirits that's yep. what we call it okay Excellent. Those spirits are easier okay uh, can I, I come back to the different types of spirits but just to like get this background clear so 80 percent of the time you'd have something come out when you're doing shamanic rituals. How many of those rituals would you have done? Uh, across, and this is over the, la the last 10 years or? Yeah, it's... it's and, and how many, a hundred? I don't know. It's, it's been a lot. Like okay. we go into ceremony for the purpose of releasing this entity. Okay. Doing QHHT for the last couple of years, what percentage right. of QHHT clients would you find have entities? Oh, I, I think I told you that I found that it's about 70% of them, they do have, and it's hard to put a number. That's why I'm being re hesitant to give a number because I haven't done the math, but truly yeah. I find it completely irresponsible of me not to go through the process of learning to do proper release in a therapeutic practice because yeah. I didn't want to do the shamanic stuff because it took too long for me to recover from those sessions right okay so we'll, we'll back it up a little bit and so i'm gonna i'll come back to this as well but just as a as a basis so what victoria is talking about here is you know, all throughout all of this she's got a background and is born into a culture in the dominican republic and has mentors to guide her through that 
And she then picked up these therapeutic tools in the last couple of years, particularly like QHHT and then, and hip and, and so what I teach, I've just for the record, I've never done QHHT training. Uh, uh, I come from the school of hypnotherapy that then leads to past life regression, which is very similar to QHHT in, in some way, in, in many ways, although uh, we'd often have three to five sessions uh, and uh, but we're still, you know, we're both, they're both past life regression modalities. Uh, so, uh, and from there, what we find is, let's say if you're a hypnotherapist, maybe 10, 20% of your clients may spontaneously go into past life regression. And in order for that to happen, you probably have to have a previous connection to past lives. For a lot of, a lot of hypnotherapists, they would, you know, they'll do a thousand sessions and have one go into a past life. For me, it was 10, 20%. And then if you, once you do past life regression, you might find five, 10, 20% of your people have an, a spirit entity attached. But again, you have to have a precondition or a karmic connection to spirit releasement therapy, which I did, but to a degree where I, you know, maybe uh, it's not actually strangely the majority of my practice, but for, you know, 15 years, it was a smaller percentage. And so in Victoria's case, she has a really strong karmic connection to entities and she has you know, through past lives, uh, I would say. And then, uh, would you agree with that? Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and she's got a very strong this life connection. So the numbers that she's talking about, the percentages uh, of entities that are attached to her clients uh, is, is a lot higher than most people, but she has a lot more background. And the other thing I find is like now, I would say 70% of my clients are pure SRT clients. Even though I'm the Past Life Awakening Institute, I'm getting mainly SRT. The reason for that is because this is a rarefied skill. And so if you're a QHHT person or a hypnotherapist thinking, well, I barely get past life. SRT sounds, you know, just a, a tiny fraction of, of anything. Then, uh, so we really see what we're able to see or ready to see. Or And in that case where you've got the woman who came for a QHHT session and but she was guided by her mother, but also by her spirit guides yeah. to you specifically. She could have chosen many people but they're drawn to you because you have that unique set of skills. So for you to have a really high percentage of people with entities, that does not mean that 80% of people who go for QHHT sessions have entities, but other QHHT practitioners are not seeing them. It's simply that, you know, that they'll, they'll that for them, they may think, well, this isn't really a real thing because it never happened to me. And I've done a thousand sessions. You can have a thousand QHHT clients or past life clients that never have it because you're really not interested in it don't have a background or the skills. But then what happens with someone like Victoria is she's got, you know, a ton of natural talent, a ton of past experience and ability. So she gets thrown in the deep end. So tell us a bit about how you came to think, oh, okay, I do connect and resonate with uh, the, the, some of the SRT and how you contacted me probably six months ago, something like that. And we uh, we started yeah, uh, working together. If It feels like a long, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was... Going through, like I said, I had a lot of clients that I noticed they had spirit attachment. Some of them I couldn't tell them because I didn't feel that it was the appropriate thing to do at the beginning because they didn't come to me for that. They didn't come to me for the shamanic. They didn't come to me for spirit releasement. They yeah. came mostly for QHHT or past life regression. So uh, can I just jump in for a second? I think it's a really good and important point. And so that's one thing I do tell people who are interested in SRT. Like if, if someone gives you a mandate to do QHHT and an entity comes up, 
uh, some in QHCT, they might say, well, that's not really part of our modality. We prefer, you know, not to do that. I'd say perfectly fine. I agree with you 100%. Well, I felt responsible. But, but, I'll, felt... but I'll, tell, I'll tell you why and, and mm -hmm. how to do it. And so the same thing can be for me if a, in a past life regression session. If somebody doesn't know anything about SRT or spirits, they don't tell me that their issue is spirits. They tell me they want to go into a past life. And if while I'm doing that, an entity comes up, I might get, get some of the information from it. You know, what, who are you? What's going on? But then I'd say, okay, go back in your box. This is a past life regression session. It's not SRT. I'm going to give this person what they asked for, not what they didn't ask for. And mm -hmm. I will continue on. And so in the QHHT, you could do the same. So I'm not advocating you must, if an entity comes up, you must drop what you're doing in QHHT and, and start doing spirit release. But I would say, follow the rules. And so, right. I've, and so, so I've got a process where, you know, like if you're doing past life progression, do that. If they want to come back and, 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 and set an intention to do an SRT session later, cool. But uh, particularly if you're doing something like QHHT as well or anything really, like follow follow the instructions as given and don't get distracted. Uh, but if it, if if the instructions are, you know, you, the spirit guide says we're going to, this is part of what they were called here to do and, and they can consent to it and set that intention in session, that, that may be another thing. But I just want to make that clear yeah. as well, which is, I think I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. If if the people don't have the training, they shouldn't even try, right? Because it could make things worse. But in QHHT, we apply to the idea that the client that comes, comes because the higher self have found the practitioner to have the skills that they need to address the issues that they have. So sure. I did feel responsible. In well, well, that's one of the questions I'd even ask, though. Even if it comes up, I'd say, okay, that's interesting, but is that something we need to focus on today or is that something right. we can deal with later? Right. And, and they could, and so I'd give them that chance at least to not, not do it. So I'm not here to sell SRT to every person that comes up or to discard what I was doing and get distracted by it. Uh, yeah. Exactly. I, and I think the reason why I think that people should, that those that are QHHT practitioners should look into SRT as a training modality is because a lot of the issues, what I found is that with QHHT clients, they will have the one session initially. And, you know, two weeks later or something like that, they will say, you know, I, I felt great. I felt this, but something is still there. And that's how I started figuring out that something was really needed more than just QHHT. And the combination of doing SRT before even doing QHHT has been very powerful for a lot of my clients. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. And so just to set a, a framework as well, uh, I think a key part of even a question might be if you're doing a QHHT session or a past life regression session and entities come up, to me, that doesn't mean you have to address them in that moment. So I just right. want to make that clear. And so one thing, you know, it can be like, you know, they've got an attachment. I've got to release it. I've got to help them. No, you don't. They've had that attachment, but they could have had it for decades. Mm -hmm. Just because it comes up now doesn't mean you have to do it now. You, you, you should do what you set out to do, which is a QHHT session. And for me, the, I would just say, get the message from it. Now, the message might be you, you do have to deal with it right now. And, and if, if that's the message, fine. But uh but really find out what the real message is because the message could be this we want you to understand that entities exist we want you to un uh we and we want you to deal with them maybe next week uh, if you've got the ability to do that through your past training 
it could be that you do QHHT sessions, you notice entities come up, I tell them to, you know, hold their horses and wait. And it happened a few times. So since it's happened a few times, I think I'm going to have to find out what this is. And maybe I'll start doing some training and get some, uh, and get, you know, get some advanced training from someone like me. And then uh, remember this, I, this happens a, a number of times where people will say, look, you know, exactly that. Uh, I've had entities come up, you know, four or five times. I've done a hundred sessions of QHHT this year, four or five times entities come up. I've told all of them to just, you know, I, I didn't know how to deal with it, or I just told them to wait or just sort of let it be. And a lot of times entities are not a big deal or a big problem. They're, no. they're, they're not, they're not really negatively affecting their life. Therefore you don't have to deal with them urgently, but all of it is just like a little whisper that the universe is giving that, you know, sooner or later, you know, you can start learning SRT and, and then you can just gather up all those clients that, that you've known over the last couple of years and say, oh, you know, notice how that thing came up and, uh, you know, if, if is that something you're interested in and uh and then you can do sessions with them you know years down the line so that's one thing that you don't have to feel the you know an, a great urgency but there definitely will be times for other people where you know it comes up and you need to work with it sooner rather than later but that's just sort of another i'm just you know this is not necessarily victoria's mm -hmm. it's not victoria's experience but it can be the experience of a lot of other people doing regression on qhht therapy but Victoria's got a lot more background and skill. Therefore, she would have been, you know, triggered to, to work with it straight away. So the fact that, you know, your first people in the first week and the second week are coming up, that's a lot more than, than would be usual. Therefore, you're you're being asked by the universe to, you know, to, to get into it, uh, yeah, you know, sooner yeah. rather than later. But I do want to say, because I have, I have to say this. Yeah. A lot of the times the entity doesn't come and say, I'm here a lot of the time is the spirit guys that are coming through appearing as a spirit guy and is something else okay we'll so you see how the training is needed for people to be more responsible because we're taking care of people we are helping people we have to be responsible well that's a yeah that's a great question i was just about to ask you this question uh do you even know uh, the kind of entities that you're getting and so oftentimes, just for those that don't know, spirit releasement therapy, for me, there are, uh, the, the main entities we work with are spirit guides who are, to me, that is, it's a one, one guide who uh, uh, progresses through a number of lives with the client. The client has, a, they're with them in this life, they've been with them in past lives, they were with them in the between lives, helping them decide in which one to reincarnate to. So I'm not talking about spirit guides. Or guiding spirits i'm talking about your spirit guide who has one specific role has known you for millennia and and is, is nothing more than that and uh so it's not you know getting advice from a bunch of entities uh it's a spirit guide who has a very specific and and and, and, and connected to you almost like a higher self uh mm -hmm. in, in a sense you could see it as well so spirit guides are a big one then uh earthbound spirits and dark force entities so earthbound spirits used to have a body and uh, often, you know, human and dark force entities didn't. And they're deceptive, they're lying, they're often in service of the darkness and they're out to deceive and to make trouble and to prevent people from living their life purpose. And often that life purpose is the people that we see you know, being a healer or, or being a healed, healthy person. And so what Victoria is talking about here is, so there are three main types of entities. So I'll, I'll, I'll be interested on, on your take on that. But that, but the fir the first thing to notice here is the kind of spirit guide she's talking about, and so and spirit guides come up in past life regression and QHHT, and they're very helpful, and they're often used as being 
you know, a key part of the session. And what Victoria is alluding to here, and it becomes a real problem, is if your spirit guide is actually a dark force entity. Because dark force entities lie, they deceive, and they can present themselves as being a spirit guide, but they're not. And then that can contaminate uh, the session. And, right. and, and, and cause healing all... that can be received. Exactly. And, and can block it and create all sorts of problems. And so, in, and that this... Uh, this is, probably isn't that common. I would say, again, maybe Victoria is just, <laughs> her numbers are a lot higher than average. But this, I would say this is kind of 5 or 10% of the time that this could happen. And you, you certainly need to watch out for it. Most of the time, the majority of entities are pretty minor earthbound spirits who are just sort of a bit lost and confused and you help them find themselves and, and get some clarity and, and move along. And then you can have... Uh, uh, dark force entities who are also kind of lost and confused and and it's not that hard as well then you can have dark force entities are really out there to f with you and to and to really create havoc and to have a bit of a brawl with you to be little fighters and little and uh, and create problems and the kind of ones that are going out of their way uh to to deceive and to impersonate spirit guides are going to be uh, going to be the ones that require advanced spirit releasement so mm -hmm. a lot of times even the way that i teach it you know, simple spirit releasement can be done in five, 10 minutes. Uh, mm -hmm. You can, you can cat, you know, so, so again, if you're doing QHHT or past life aggression, a lot of times, you know, an entity comes up, do I need to derail the session that I'm doing and stop not doing past life aggression or QHHT? Uh, well, if it's just a matter of doing something for five minutes, oh, you're lost, you know, you should, you're, you, you're an earthbound spirit, you've missed going to the light. Uh, you, you do a little regression and send them on their way in five, 10 minutes, and then you can get back to you know the core modality what you're you're intended to do and no harm done it's only five ten minutes in fact you know you're so you're able to do a bit of srt in it but it's still a, essentially a past life regression or qhht session and you haven't you know gone off track um, but what i'm talking about is when you notice that there's uh you know a significant uh and that 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 actually is their main uh presenting issue and the main cause of their problems then you can embark on a session of spirit releasement sessions that can be three to five sessions of you know an hour and a half to two hours so it's not a five ten it can be a five or ten minute thing srt but it is often a six eight ten twelve hour you know in session uh process so how, how have you noticed that sort of that range of entities so i do find that you know after i started taking srt seriously like oh this actually works they you know like I don't have to sacrifice and do so much to remove a spirit that is basically ready to go at the end of the day, even though they might look like they're not, you can quickly, quickly enough help them understand so that they can transition. And again, in spiritismo, in spiritism, we call those regretful spirits. So they're they're ready. They they just need the help. Yeah. A lot of the time, these spirits are stuck, they cannot go into your transition. So they don't know how to release after they attach. Yeah, and that's what we do. Yeah, well, that's interesting. And even uh, and I part of the releasement processes that are you know historically used often are quite uh, directive and commanding. Like I command you to release you know exorcisms, uh, which is you know Catholic and the uh, Catholic, mm -hmm. which is uh, you know, then as part of the twenty one divisions, and or even things like you know I, in the name of Jesus I command you to be released. This kind of thing. And so the spirit releasement therapy doesn't really do that. We're just like, hey, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> what, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you look a bit lost. You look a bit confused. 
you know, or are you coming at me? You know, and so we're really about discussing with them, getting a narrative, getting information, not really telling them what to do, but just saying, you know, here or here, have you, asking them questions, and then they come up with answers, and you're like, well, okay, given that answer, you know, uh, that that means you have more freedom of choice than you might have thought. And they're like, oh, I suppose I do. Well, what choice would you make? And then they then they make the choice to release themselves rather than being told what to do. And the same, so that can happen for earthbounds and dark forces. So, so how would you character? Is that is that a fair characterization, or how would you consider some of the the distinctions or differences between some of the shamanic release or? Well, like I said, we we tend to be very assertive with these different, especially the ones that are more from the low astral planes. We tend to just hardcore send them without any communication whatsoever because they're not there to negotiate they're hardcore now the ones that are regretful then those are the ones that we're more kind to in srt we're kind to all of them so (laughs) it's been a transition phase for me okay okay yeah i think dig deep and up and they're all regretful you know (laughs) And so by regret, and so some of them like know that they've been tricked. And so that's a big part of what we see with DFE. So there's deep, there's dark plus entity Victoria is talking about. It's trying to trick you by pretending to be a spirit guide. And then once, and so there are two, there are two things that happen. Firstly, they succeed and you never, you, you, you don't know why your sessions didn't go that well. And, and you thought you did a good job and you thought you talked to the spirit guide, but you didn't realize you were being tricked. You were tricked, but you didn't know you were tricked. And then what can happen is if you are able to understand that you've been tricked, you can see you you can say, DFE, you tried to trick me by playing the spirit guide, but you couldn't. So you try to deceive me, but you're a deceiver, but I was not deceived. And the same way that you would try to deceive me, but it failed, you in fact have been deceived yourself. The what the reason you're pretending to be a spirit guide and then messing with this person and making their life tricky, you've been deceived into acting as an agent for somebody that you think you have a contract with, right. that, that you think you have to do the work of a dark master. And if you don't, you'll be punished, you'll be in trouble, all of that. And so we don't even necessarily have to tell them, you know, I uh, get out of here. We can just say, understand. And then they once they've been revealed, they may then start attacking us. Right. So like they try to pretend that they're not a DFE and a spirit guide. Once you find them, and so you're tricked and you don't know you're tricked. Once you re- once you say, oh, you haven't tricked me, they'll say, well, I'm trying to, instead of trying to deceive you, they may try and scare you. So those entities are like, I've been sent by Lucifer, or, and I'm, in fact, I am the, the dark one and the devil himself, and I'm going to mess with my client. And since you're trying to help them, I'm going to mess with you as well. And then they'll try and create fear on us. So there are, the, there, are, there, are, there are two main methods, deception, lies, and fear. And so I would then say to them, you try, you know, you try to deceive me, it didn't work. You, now you've switched tactics and now you're trying to make fear in me and that's not working either <laughs> you know because fear is just not understanding reality and i know the i know the reality is you uh, are working according to a contract that you don't have to because you've been lied to and because you're afraid of the dark master so they are really fallen into their own trap and so part and then a lot of the work we do but this can take you know a long time in discussion you have long conversations to get them there but to, you know to have them uh, not to be deceived by their master, their own self-deception, and not to be afraid of that one. And so they're, oh, they, they appear not regretful because it's like, oh, I love darkness and I love messing with people and, I, and the devil's powerful and great and he's much better than you guys. So they appear not regretful. 
But once you get into it and they realize I've been deceived, I didn't have to do that. I've got a contract which lasts forever. And they're also afraid, you know, I'm only, I'm doing this because ultimately if I don't do it, I'm going to be punished. And so that there's a fear there. And so that once we can get them through their own fears and deceptions, uh, then ultimately they, they feel regret that I, that I, that I was afraid that I was deceived. So for me, we're nice to all of them because they're all basically regretful. Some of them are obviously regretful. Some of them are eventually regretful either way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so is that, and was that something that you found that, and a lot of people do find, you know, I already do, uh, you know, release men and work with entities, but, but uh, they, they do it in another tactic, which, or technique, which is, you know, uh, requires a lot of energy. And so the way I do it, it, it does feel like pretty lighthearted. I, I think there's a lot of patience, persistence, but a calmness and a clarity to, to work through in, to work through in conversation with entities and bring, you know, to demonstrate a lack of fear on the part of the therapist, me and you, mm -hmm. and, and to show a lot of clarity. And so uh, is that something that, and so what's caused you to seek out, you know, SRT as well? Were you finding it a bit a bit tiring? You just wanted to figure out some, uh, some other tools and, 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 uh, and yeah. So how did, how did you find, uh, do, picking yeah. up SRT after, after your previous? Well, you know, because I meditate so much, I was tapping into next level type of information about how some of the things that we do, because that's what our ancestors did. Sometimes we do it following the lineage, following the guidelines that there is another way to accomplish the same result yep. and for example when we go into some of these trances sometimes it will take me a couple of days to recover so i couldn't go back into the next day into a regular session uh, yep. uh, you know qhht or whatever session because i was completely out yep. uh, my body was recovering um, even with 21 divisions type of sessions where we go into a ceremony and we start channeling spirits, those spirits, they have such a power, their energy is so high that this physical body cannot handle it so well. So it takes time for the physical body to recover. And sometimes it, the, even when I was doing like, oh my goodness, I was able to recover in one day, I was still recovering for one full day. It, it, it wasn't I didn't have the way to be done in that same. How, how do you feel now with spirit releasement therapy? Do you find any recovery process needed or? No, I honestly don't. You know, it might be a 15, 30 minutes type of recovery where I go into balancing myself and coming back to myself. But it's no intense where I have to spend days or a day or days recovering from whatever I was doing and just to clarify there are different ways to pick up these entities with tools that are given to a specific type of um uh, you know let's call them um elders because I don't want to call them witch and then people think it's they're doing black magic but basically that's what they are they are brujo or bruja and they they have different tools that have been um fundamentado and uh, they have been worked on with different things um, magical symbols and things to quickly pick up the entity yeah. those entities have to 
basically be ready to go. If they're attached to you, your personality, they, you just don't pick them up like that. You have to go through a different process. And that's when we get into the deep shamanic stuff. So I'm not talking about simple release with a wish um, magic yeah. where, you know, you might have a, you might have a mural with different symbols that are going to pick up those entities and that's it. But those entities normally are just in the Arabic in the Arabic body. They're yeah. no part of your personality. So once yeah. they get into your personality, then you have to go through a deeper process. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Just to clarify that, that. That's a really good distinction. So uh, I think we need to be really clear. There are some entities who are pretty random and they have no real intention and they're, they're just kind of lost and don't know what they're doing. There are other entities who uh, pursue people. They connect to them for decades and they influence them to the to the degree that the person, and, and you're talking about the personality, like they do shape the personality so that if you release them, they're not quite sure you know, who they are without that influence. Mm -hmm. And so a big part of what we have to do in these complex ones that can go on, you know, three, five, seven, nine sessions can be ongoing therapy of not just releasing the entity, but helping integrate and ground and reconnect a person with who they truly are. Because just as an entity can impersonate a spirit guide, it's almost as if they, they impersonate part of the inner voice of the client. Yeah. And that person kind of thinks the entity is them. And that, that they're, and, and this is often where people will come to me, they'll start to say, I've started to realize that the thoughts I was having were not mine. And they might even say I had maybe some racist, racist thoughts, or I had some destructive thoughts or some divisive thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I realize I'm not really that kind of person. But what does that mean? It's like, I'm not that kind of person before, but I've been that kind of person for the last three or five years. And no, I want to go back to what I was. And so we can discuss and, but then they also have to deal with the consequences of that because now they're perceived by other people as that person who, you know, uh, goes on these rants or, or, or has made certain decisions and done certain behaviors that they are now very regretful of. And so right. that, that causes them pain and suffering to know. So some of my SRT clients, I've taken some of the, these actions, said some of these things and uh, or I'm in this location, they have to deal with the consequences of their actions, but knowing a lot of those actions were influenced by, you know, dark energies. Uh, and that's something that they now have, they've renounced the entity and can release it. So then they have to, you know, heal and, and, uh, and really uh, process and integrate and, and get back to, you know, the core of, uh, of mm -hmm. the, the decisions that they make, you know, beyond influence. So that right. so there's a, there's a huge distinction between you know a random thing that comes in and can be done gone in five minutes and something that might take five seven nine sessions. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and so did you find any difference between? So I laid out the kind you know a spirit guide, earthbound spirit, and dark force entity. I mean, we can get into ETs might be another podcast, but let's just keep it on this. In fact, it will be. Uh, <laughs> but but let's just keep it on those three for a while. So is that something that uh, is recognized or that you'd you'd see in the shamanic or uh or dominican we, traditions yeah we do deal with earthbound those that are lost that are yep. trapped and then the dark forces one the demonic entities okay and and the spirit we don't recognize have... the yeah. you will not find a lot of people in these traditions that will recognize the ets okay <laughs> <laughs> okay okay well interesting yeah so for yeah for, yeah that is well that is why that's why it's another subject because so yeah so that then so I didn't really know that that's interesting though so just that that is what we as therapeutic 
you know, uh, right. heat track practitioners focus on those three ones. And that, and that's that's also part of the, you know, this tradition of, you know, uh, centuries, if not millennia, that's been practiced, you know, throughout uh, Africa mm -hmm. and the Car Caribbean. When people mention they're doing anything occult, uh, I want to know that they've really got a lineage, that they've really got uh, a good training uh, because, you know, you do, and you're born in the tradition, you've got elders that can guide you. Other people who go into the occult can often do so without guidance or with a bit of naivety. And because of that, they can go on with an intention to help and heal people. They may be drained, but they also, as they're releasing entities, may pick up entities that are themselves and therefore end up with attachments that can uh, create various levels of disturbance from a bit of nuisance to a significant problem. And sometimes those people then do become clients of SRT. As you say, there's nothing actually particularly wrong with that or anything. Uh, in fact, it's, it can be a really useful exercise. So a lot of people who do SRT uh, have prior to that released their own entities themselves. So if you, mm -hmm. had, if you had experience yourself with how do you protect yourself or how to deal with any entities of, while you're healing them as a therapist, you end up being a client or having to release them yourself. Yeah, well, I have done both from the shamanic perspective and from doing my own sessions for myself after I take care of clients. What I find very interesting is that when I started meditating to pull some of the information about why we, specifically me, hadn't attached entity um a couple actually that i didn't see before because they were part of the younger childhood personality that was part of me right yeah. so yeah. when i go into these sessions to help others i wonder why the my spirit team and my higher self didn't address this issue and i go through the process of understanding i had to learn about this issue on my own terms because of the learnings and the teachings that were there for me, right? Yeah. Uh, to, to understand why and what I ended up here for this SRT um, training and all of that stuff. But what I find interesting is that even when you go into shamanic readings to find out if there are entities, the entities can play with the tools that the medicine man, medicine woman, shaman, brujo, whoever it is, the healer is working with. And you will know, you will feel the disturbance and you know there is something. And if you're very advanced, you will see, oh, there is an entity affecting the person because something is happening with what you're doing that you can feel the energy. If you're not very well trained, and even if you're well trained, what happens is the entity, if the entity, doesn't come forward and it's already part of the person's personality there is no way to detect it unless the person goes through the reflection process okay and i mean that's insane because it's like you're telling me that a very 30 40 years brujo bruja the shaman medicine man medicine woman will know and you know that some of these people don't even believe um some of these medicine men, medicine women, in related to ayahuasca or San Pedro, those sacred plant medicine, they don't believe in spirits. I'm talking about the brujos and brujas that do work with spirits, negative spirits that understand that they are negative spirits and they will not be able to identify by spirit attachment unless it comes forward and the reading or the spirits that are working with that person gives them the information that, oh, there is a spirit attached. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's very complex and 
convoluted how the information can or cannot come forward. But when the person starts reflecting on the things that they need to change, it is unavoidable that they will find the spirit because they're dealing specifically with a thing that needs to be addressed. And when they start dealing with that, the spirit automatically shows up. Yeah, that's a good point. So a lot of times you can do sessions and a lot of people, you you work with people and not know that they, they have attachments, but you don't know. So it's it's not that 70% of your people have attachments or or 5% have attachments but it's a lot it could the percentage could be a lot higher they've got attachments you just never know about it because right. you, you, you there are little signs there and you don't pick up on them or you just don't ask for it so just in the same way that uh, a dfe can disguise itself as a spirit guide a lot of entities will sit in the background and not want to come up they will mm-hmm. they will hide or just not make themselves known right and so in spirit releasement therapy we 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 have a uh, through the presenting issue or through previous experience and other sessions that we're now picking up where we left off, we can then scan through and identify them. But if you don't do that, if you don't look for them, you may not find them. Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they're not there. They exactly. can be sitting in the background. So that's so scanning through and and identifying. And then and just because you find one, it's like, oh, we found it. Where there's one, there's many. <laughs> and then and then know exactly what is it. Is it a random minor? EB earthbound is it a is it one that's been there for a long time and so you were wanting to address like like why would you say is this one of the reasons why spirit releasement therapy works from a a priestess's perspective I I really do believe it um in terms of what I can give you an example as um, one of my initiations one of the spirit entities that work with me showed up and basically almost stopped the ceremony because the spirit was like we're not doing this until this person addresses me and takes care of me, right? Okay. So, of course, I'm like, I'm already doing that. What else do you want? <laughs> but this spirit basically almost stopped the ceremony because this spirit felt that I wasn't taking care of the spirit the way that I should be taking care of the spirit. Anyways, my point is, these different spirits that we work with will help us understand what we work, what we need to get ready for. For example, if the elder that is taking care of the ceremony doesn't understand that this entity is part of my spirit team and gets freaked out because it's like, oh my God, what is this? We could be dealing with a potential disaster where the person is thinking, "Mm, this is a dark spirit because he's stopping my ceremony. (laughs) And it's nothing like that, right? But in some cases, the spirit that shows up is a spirit that needs to be released. Yeah. And a lot of people think, oh, if it shows up in a ceremony like this, it's because it's part of the spirit team. So there is some confusion there. I don't, I, I completely forgot how we got here. But my point is when the person starts meditating and reflecting on the things that we need to work on, then it's easier for us to know there is something outside of me that is influencing me to do this. Yeah. And we can take it back until we get to the origin in order for us to figure out how to release it and not make the same mistakes. Because what happens is a lot of people go into Ifa, Osha, Lukumi. Um, they go into Molterismo, Palero, whatever, Buru. And they're looking for solutions. They do a sacrifice. They will do an offering. 
And then next month, they're back to the same thing. That thing could get worse because they are depending on something outside of themselves. They will be healing and release for some time. But the moment that they make the same mistake, they're back to square one. And they attract the same things that they attracted before. So you just did a sacrifice or you just did an offering to different spirit beings to help you face the problem. But the moment that you make the same mistake, you're back to the same thing. So you haven't really solved the situation. So when we start reflecting and contemplating on what we need to do to become better people, that is in my, the way that I'm looking at this is the only way for us to really address and fully release so that we can know attract the same things again. But when you go into magic work um, or some of these ancestral um, spiritual practices, there is a priest and priestess that is going to save you with the spirit help. Yeah. There is no responsibility on the person on, oh, I cannot do that again. Yeah. And because there is no that responsibility, the person receives relief, but then goes back to the same thing. And instead, it ends up being a cycle. Yeah. And it just gets worse and worse. A really key component of spirit releasement therapy is that it has its basis in hypnotherapy and then past lives into spirit releasement therapy. So within spirit releasement therapy, a key tenant is regress to the cause and fix it, which is basic regression hypnotherapy. And so it's not find an entity and command it to release. That's the last thing you do. In fact, by the time you fix the cause, the entity should release itself. You don't tell it what to do. You regress to the cause, fix the causes. And that by regressing to the cause, I mean regress the client to the cause of what the person is doing in their human life and fix that. And you can regress the entities, regress them to when they chose for the darkness, got a contract with the dark Lord, when they passed away as an earthbound and didn't go to the light. So you regress your client and fix their issue. And, you, and that can be ongoing therapy that may take sessions after that. So you, and then, but in this SRT itself, you, you can regress to the cause, uh, you regress the entities themselves. And so that's even funny. Like, you know, I'm trying to do a session for the, the human, but that's assuming that, you know, the only thing that exists is this human. And, but at that point, they're now a, syn- a, synth- a, a synthesis of human and entity if they've been together for 30 years. And so the spirit is really part of them. And that spirit wants its session as well. And so you talk about regretful ones. There are a lot of entities, including dark forces, who they may be guiding you. In fact, they've said this to me. You know, well, you know, then that it was like my mother made me go to the session or my spirit guide made me go. I've had dark force entities encourage their, uh, their, uh, their, their host to go for sessions because they want to talk to me and get out of this bad deal they made with the devil. You know, and so, uh, and so, and through that, you know, you and regressing to the cause can meaning, you know, whatever naive action that I did that invited entities, whatever uh, emotion of uh, of real anger and hatred that I had towards my father or something, that a dark force entity then started feeding off my anger and hatred, and we really have to, re- you know, heal the relationship with the parents that you have as a human in this life, and that will enable you to be able to release the entity. And then, uh, yeah, and so that's so that's a big distinction or a big addition that I think SRT adds. Uh, and so with that, you do have to be quite well sco- sco- schooled 
and hypnotherapy to be able to regress uh, entities and people into those past causes. And so what I find once you do all of that, the whole, you know, the, 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 you know, I command you to leave like that, that's basically automatic. And, and if that's all you're doing for me, that's really the cherry on top, that the cake is really, you know, you've got a cake, you got a cake. Does it have a cherry or not? Doesn't matter. If you want to put a cherry on it, fine, tell them to go. A lot of times you don't have to, not all cakes have cherries on them. So if, if people think releasement is like the cherry, it's like, just not as a cake. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so, and then, so then, uh, so we've been talking about QHHT and how, yeah, and so you mentioned as well that while you're doing that, you know, an entity can come up. So what's your your view on, you know, so you want, I don't really know much, honestly, about the QHHT community, the forums, the discussion boards, anything like I know they exist, but I really, I know so little about it. Uh, and, uh, but I, I do know that uh, entities, you know, like just for anyone who does any regression therapy, past life regression, whether it's QHHT or not, sooner or later, for whatever reason, usually if they have some specific background or some talent, entities may pop up to one degree or another. And as you say, most of the time they are pretty minor and you can just shoo them on your way five minutes and then that's it. Maybe as many practitioners never have to deal with it. Uh, but but some do, and then they go through this whole process. You know, is this against the rules? Am I going crazy? Uh, you know, if they've never heard about it, when I when it first happened to me, uh, I was like, I didn't even know it existed as a modality. Like you, you didn't know what QHHT was until you dreamed about Dolores. Right. And so even for those people, uh, so what would you say to QHHT practitioners who are finding entities are coming up, and uh, and you know, in, in varying degrees. I I find in the forums that people are talking about SRT issues, but they don't know that they're talking about SRT issues. And unfortunately, I think there is neglect into, you know, yeah, staying with one base as the only base and thinking that, that that's it. And it's a beautiful, beautiful modality. It's truly it's powerful and beautiful. But I think to be responsible for those people that are finding or that are listening to this, because if they're listening to this, it's because they already know there is spirits and attachments. So Especially if they've listened this long. Right. And so definitely they have to really take it seriously and be responsible. It's about the client. Yeah. Well, can I just ask uh, that there are a couple of uh, approaches that you could have. Like if you're a QHHD person, you find spirits are coming up. The first thing you could do is just like put them back in their box, put it on hold and get back to your session. But then afterwards you could refer it away. You could just true. say like, like something come up and, but even if, even if the client at the end of it doesn't say anything and they don't really have any, you know, symptoms, I would say, you know, like it may not be a big deal. Why even bring it up? So even if I'm as a QHH person and I noticed an entity thing and I didn't know how to deal with it and I put it in its box and then I might not even say anything afterwards. Now, if you want to do QHHT and nothing else, perfectly fine. You know, and, and so like, if you don't have to deal with it, cool. So that's my first thing, like what should a QHHT person do? I would say like, if you don't have to do anything, then like feel free not to, even if they do have an attachment, you know, like, uh, but, but I would say if after a session and a client says, whoa, something came up and I want to know how to address that, uh, then you've got two options. One of them is refer, re yeah, refer it away. I know someone, I've heard about this SRT thing. 
uh, if you want, you know, talk to them. And oftentimes I'll be referred people and I go, oh, look, it's not really a big deal. It doesn't really apply. You've misdiagnosed it or they do have it, but it's not really, it's a small thing that they could do in something else and you don't need SRT sessions. So that's another thing. So I'm, uh, at, and sometimes it'll be okay. Uh, this is, this has been brought up and we can, we can do those sessions. The other thing is like if it, and so if it's only happened to you once or twice and uh, then, you know, refer it away, why, why bother getting into it? But uh, mm -hmm. if, if you are kind of interested in it and it happens a number of times, then that may, and then I'd also, you know, check with your own guides, your own guidance. And if there's some part of you that feels this is coming up for a reason, maybe I could do some more study and training in it then, uh, you know, you could do that and have that as a separate modality and, and get some training in it. So does that sound, sound good to you? Right, right. Absolutely. I think we just need to be more responsible. Well, like... well that, okay. And so what about, so let's say uh, they can refer it away, they can get more training, but what about practitioners who are finding entities coming up to a lesser certain degree? What would you advise people, uh, you know, in their sessions to do, how, how to deal with it? I think taking a simple SRT, training program for those that don't want to go into the rabbit hole is the most responsible thing to do because after having so many clients identify a spirit guy that was not a spirit guy it just really worries me that we might be helping the client think this spirit guy is my savior and I have to listen to this spirit guy and it can really go down the dark hole and that's why I'm saying we have to be responsible with the clients because our commitment to the client is to help them and guide them. If I know that there is potential risk, I have to be responsible enough to say, okay, well, if I cannot address it, I have to refer someone. But if it's something simple, like identifying that the spirit guy is not really a spirit guy, I mean, that's yeah. that's mind blowing to some people. Like I have been worshiping this entity all this time, and it ends up being something that is doesn't have my highest good. Okay, so and what? Have been tricked. Yeah. Okay. So what would cause you to to identify something as a spirit guide in disguise or, or trickster? Well, we go through that using uh, the SRT okay. process yeah. um, because when we go into a shamanic session we see but when the client goes into a qhht they are seeing and we might tap into it as mediums and channelers but we're not seeing all the details that they might be seeing but we can feel the energy too what? so when there is an energy that triggers me uh, you know you learn discernment after working with these things for for a long time so the moment that i feel something is off i will be asking them things can you describe this explain this how does it feel this and that eventually it reveals itself and then we can address it properly but if the person doesn't have the discernment they have to have some type of srt training even if it's just the basic training okay yeah so i i do have a basic training course on my website the past life awakening institute very reasonable price uh, so that's a basic one and so what kind of indicators would there be though is that where like a QHHC practitioner they're talking to a spirit guide and they start to feel something's a bit off what other kind of uh, markers might there be to uh, to note that, that 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 may be an issue yeah well let me give you an example um I had a client um oh my goodness the, I don't know the, maybe like a year ago and one of her spirit guides was this sort of ninja style spirit guy and very sleek and, you know, he was like a samurai, she called it. And he was her protector. 
and she invited him when she was going through a lot of sexual abuse. Right. And he showed up to protect her, but it became a very challenging relationship for both of them because he got tired. <laughs> so, but he showed up as a spirit guy. Yeah. Because in her mind, he was a protector and he he was there for her highest good, but he was influenced by dark forces. So, the, you know, th th that's why I'm saying, and, and it keeps coming back to being responsible. We have to, if we don't know, if you don't have as a QH practitioner or past life regression therapist, you don't have the discernment abilities because you're not into this um, spirit realm like some of us are, then you have to have some sort of training to deal with spirits and identify how they feel, what are they saying? And you have to learn to read in between if you're not able to feel it, because if you can feel it, it's easier for you to say, okay, ask this and this and that. But if you don't have that, then you have to go through some type of basic training at least. We mentioned uh, at the top, you've got Awakening the Healer program. And so it's a year long program you take people through, you take them through a number of spiritual regression sessions. Yeah. So the Awakening the Healer within training program, and a lot of people think it's like, oh my God, I'm going to use my abilities and this and that. And it's about healing ourselves. Like we cannot help others until we heal ourselves. And that has been something that has been ingrained in me because I love the supernatural stuff. And I'm like, let's waking everybody and tap into their abilities. And their Turians are like, no, 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 no. We have to heal and be patient. So that's why it's a year program. There are eight different sessions composed of a lot of quantum healing, uh, beyond quantum healing, if it's online, um, between live regressions and also SRT, because what I found is that some of those clients also were dealing with SRT issues. But I also believe that not all of us are ready to deal with SRT issues because we're not really taking the different layers of what makes us who we are. Because yep. we, we're spirits, yep. right? We are spirits incarnated in this human body. So by that definition, we are also spirits and we're releasing the layers of our ancestors and what made us us in past lives and all the realities and so on. So through the year, the transition of the people and the healing and the changes is truly has been magical to experience that and, and to be part of that. A couple of interesting things you said there, like sometimes people aren't really ready to deal with SRT. And I think that's why sometimes we get like a little whisper and awareness about SRT, but that's why I'm also not in a big hurry to work with it. Like if they really need to do full sessions, like, you know, you'll know about it. You don't have to like look for it and pursue it. And, and when we're healing the healer, one thing I've noticed doing SRT, that people who are going through a real, real awakening path and, and are uh, wanting to go on the healer's path, that has added a number of people. It can happen that they have SRT issues because entities, dark force entities might want to prevent them from becoming a powerful healer. Right. So that can even trigger and attract uh, uh, an increase in aggressive actions from entities. So like if you don't have to deal with SRT and it's not a big, you know, there's no rush, but if you are on a real awakening path, then you may find that the more you awaken, the rougher things get in a yeah. way, because, you know, they're, they, it's almost, they do, they are, and you'll find out doing SRT uh, that they're actively trying to prevent people from becoming healers. 
uh, and to and to uh, dislodge them from that path. So this is one thing that you know people may ask, you know, in SRT, like I'm I'm an awakening, I'm trying to be into the light. Why are things getting darker? Or why do I have to deal with these dark energies? Mm-hmm. And and part of it is, and you know, why is this happening to me? Is it crazy? And you know, why do I have to learn through suffering and and go through these things? But a lot of times, you know, really awakening and really being a healer is about not sort of staying safe in a nice conventional world. It's about walking through the fire and about, and when things get rough, it's not about, you know, is this getting dark and scary or a bit much? I'm going to run back to the conventional. It's about, and it's not, or not getting stuck in the fire. It's about continuing to progress through it and making out the other end through the fire as a phoenix. So there mm-hmm. is there is the dark night of the soul. There is the uh, the the difficulties that are faced, but all of that makes you a better healer right. one, once you get through it. But it's very helpful for most healers to get assistance to to really get to that high level of healing. You often have to go through a real uh, you know some sort of initiation, and often that is uh, going through darkness. I mean, the Buddha before his enlightenment had all sorts of dark entities attacking him, trying to prevent him from becoming enlightened. This on his last night, he remembered all of his past lives. So it's really, actually, actually, this is really the key why I do what I do. It's like Buddhism for me is my basis. Uh, and the Buddha, he remembered his past lives and he uh, resisted Mara and the darkness that attacked him and uh, throughout the night. And by morning, he was peacefully, saw the sun arise and was enlightened. But <laughs> the, the, the just before becoming the fully realized being, he had to face all of those dark entities in, in a dark night. And so any healer will go through this kind of archetypal journey. And mm-hmm. so I think it's really great that you're bringing in to this awakening the healer program. You're, you're, you're addressing and have the capability to deal with that. And to be honest, any program that doesn't deal with that isn't awakening people enough, you know, to get to the real awakening. You're going to have to get to get to get really light. You're going to have to face some real darkness. Yeah. And I think that we're being called to awaken more. And we're going to have to be called into it to understand and to skillfully deal with more darkness in order to be more light in the world. So that's a great thing that you're doing. So actually, there's actually a lot more I'd like to talk about and find out about your Awakening the Healer program. So I think that's something that we can uh, we can break now and say thank you so much for this podcast. But I'd love to have you back. And I know there's some case studies and some other things that you can add. And just to find out about the program you're running, I think it'd be really great for people to know. So if we can come back and do that on another podcast, would that be okay to do that pretty soon? Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Great. Yeah. So fantastic. You know, what you're saying about the dark night and what I have been told and it has been shown to me is that there are multiple dark nights. And every time we think, oh my God, why am I I going through this again? But we're shedding so much of the ancestors and past versions of who we were in order to get to that next level. And we're also recycling energy for the whole planet. So it's it can be very dark, but that's why we need the healers. We also need to have the mentors and other people that understand us so that we can be able to go through those awakenings more gracefully. Yeah. Okay, so I noticed you've got uh, a beautiful picture behind you, and uh, and you mentioned the Arturians, and so we can get into bit into ETs a bit. We've sort of uh, put them on the back burner today. We can pick up on that next time as well. So a lot to look forward to. 
But yeah, wonderful <laughs> to speak to you today and so much more to talk about. I look forward to it. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. So just as a last shout out, we can make sure people can go, uh, people who are interested in doing QHHT sessions with you, people who uh, want to do uh, other sessions, past uh, other sessions you offer, uh, you can go to your website, the Soul Healing Tribe. And uh, and for your course, uh, the Awakening the Healer Within Training Program.com. So the links will be in the descriptions below. And are any other uh, ways to contact you, social media, is anything else? Um, those those are the best way. My website has my calendar and everything else that they need. So they can reach out to me to through email as well. And it's on the website. Okay, fantastic. All right, great to see you. Thank you, you so, so much, much, Mark. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for listening or watching. If you're interested in having personal sessions or certification training in hypnosis or hypnotherapy or regression to this life, past lives, between lives or spirit releasement therapy, then visit my website, thepastlifeawakeninginstitute.com for details. Thanks so much for watching or listening and see you next time.